This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Talk to nicely. The old Mackinac Hotel isn't like anything you've really seen before. In 1908, Bernard Mackinac purchased the hotel and soon after married his longtime love, Janice. The couple had two children, both of which would die in the hotel before their third birthday in room 214. Prior to the purchase, the hotel was an old preliminary school that was shut down after the schoolmaster, Martha Sandoval, took her own life. For years, many have said it is too haunted to even visit. I'm about to prove that theory wrong. I'm what they call an outdated ghost hunter. I use equipment that many ghost hunter companies would laugh at because it's so old fashioned. It's the only equipment that I believe works and I've had great success with it. The old Mackinac Hotel has always been one of my most sought after hunts. I arrived around dusk to find the old hotel sitting on the corner of a quiet, empty street. I always take my assistant, Delma, with me. Regardless of the fact that she speaks little English, she is quite good at following instructions. The main lobby is cluttered with antique furniture and light fixtures. Portraits of family members line the dust-stained corridors. The thing about me is that I see ghost hunting as a job, not as an adrenaline sport. It takes quite a bit for me to get scared. I immediately take out my EMF meter, which can detect changes in any type of energy. The gauge bounces wildly. Delma, I want you to stay down here in the lobby while I check out the upstairs. I noticed the change in expression on Delma's face. She didn't want to be here. The main staircase is nothing grand or luxurious. The poorly constructed steps squeak under my feet as I ascend to the top. A cold rush of wind rushes past my face as I reach the top of the staircase. The hallway is dark and uninviting. Again, my EMF meter dances freely with the change in energy. Room 214, it was burned into my mind. As I begin my journey down the hall, footsteps emanate from the staircase behind me and slowly fade away. I continue on my way. The old walkie-talkie clipped to my belt starts humming. It has a static tone to it, almost as if someone is trying to speak. I grab the walkie and hold the talk button. Delma, are you all right? I wait for a moment. Yes, I'm okay. She reassures me. I'm getting a little static on the walkie. I'm going to 214. I will be down in a couple minutes. Once again, I begin to creep forward. I continue forward with painstakingly slow footsteps. I whip my head backwards as hollow sounds of crying emanate in the distance. Crying that sounds like children. I try to keep my mind focused, but I can feel my adrenaline start pumping. My flashlight marks the dreary red carpet in front of me. Carpet that likely hasn't been cleaned in decades. Finally, I reach my destination, room 214. I pause for a moment to collect myself. 
I slowly crack open the door. The old door hinges that haven't been greased in ages let out a terrible screeching sound. Inside, there's a bed with white sheets. I whisper into my walkie-talkie. Delma. No response. Static. Delma, are you okay? I hear the distant sounds of breathing through the walkie. I hear a low whisper. Delma, I'm coming down now. I call into the walkie-talkie. Again static. And then... Get out! The demonic voice, loud and screaming, almost sends me to the floor. In the corner, I saw a figure hanging by a rope, staring at me through the jet black hair covering her decrepit face. Just then, the door behind me slams shut. Big shout out to Alyssa, Mike, XKV, and Ryan for joining my Patreon this past week. Your support means everything to me. Thank you so much. Be sure to check out all my bonus episodes now that you have access. And for all you who'd like to gain access, check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash drnosleep. Now time for the story. My whole life, I've lived in a small town. No, it's not rural, but it definitely isn't a metropolitan area. It's one of those towns if you zoom in a little bit on Google Maps, it'll eventually pop up. The funny thing about my town is that it's most well-known for a little cemetery that sits at its center. When I tell people where I'm from, the first thing they ask about is that cemetery. And yes, it has been described as one of the most haunted places in America. And yes, it is, in fact, haunted. I've been to that old cemetery many times, but only once at night. I promised after that night I would never go back. One weekend, two of my friends and I thought it would be a good idea to go ghost hunting at this specific cemetery. We soon learned it was the exact opposite. None of us had much experience with the paranormal, but I, for one, was always intrigued. We loaded up a camera, some cheap EVP equipment that we bought on Amazon, and made our way across town. To get to the cemetery, there was a long, beaten-down trail with woods on both sides. The walk down the trail seemed like it took forever. I began regretting my decision, when we finally got to the gate leading into the cemetery. This gate is always locked at night to prevent vandals from entering. However, tonight, the gate was wide open, almost like it was inviting us in. The minute I stepped in, I felt a chill crawl down my spine. We unloaded our equipment and started randomly filming different areas of the cemetery. Leaves crunched under our feet as the full moon above guided us through the dark cemetery. To be honest, I didn't want to be there, Something felt off. We continued to walk aimlessly around, looking for anything interesting. Within moments, we found something. In front of me was a tombstone, rotten with built-up dirt. On it was the word, sun. There was something about this specific tombstone. No name, no dates, just that one word. Next to the grave was a small stuffed teddy bear. It too was battered and worn. My friends could sense my fear, and began joking around calling me a wimp and a baby when I told them I wanted to leave. So, in a juvenile attempt at impressing them and showing my false bravery, I took the teddy bear and threw it deep into the surrounding woods. Our laughs echoed through the crisp night. We decided after another 30 minutes or so, without any substantial happenings, that it was time to leave. We reviewed our footage on the walk home. In every video clip, there was a white figure standing immediately behind me, We thought that maybe it was just an issue with the film, but the more we looked, we realized that there was something there with us. My friends dropped me off that night in my house. 
I felt scared and ashamed for what I had done. I walked up to my front door and was immediately stopped in my tracks. I looked around, scared to death. I didn't know what to do. Sitting on my front porch was a battered and worn teddy bear. My hands began to sweat as I gripped on tightly to my wife, Sarah. Is there a Walter Thompson here? Gloria led the ritual. She was an older woman who had years of specialized experience in this type of work. Her husband, Tom, was her business partner and joined us in the ritual today. My wife and I originally reached out to Gloria because we had noticed some strange occurrences happening in our newly purchased home. Doors would creak and close randomly. Objects would move slightly throughout the house. Eventually, it started scaring my wife. So here we are, seated at our kitchen table with the lights dimmed. I felt like I was in a plot for an insidious sequel. To me, this was a bit much. Walter, are you here with us right now? Gloria pleaded with someone who didn't respond. With my eyes closed, I smiled at how bizarre this felt. I didn't know who Walter was, but supposedly, Gloria did her research on our house and found that an old man named Walter Thompson owned this house in the late 1800s. I, on the other hand, didn't do my research and simply bought the house because the price was unbeatable. Walter, can you give us a sign to let us know you're here? Her words echoed throughout the large dining room. Our hands remained clenched together. Walter, give us a sign. Moments later, a creak from the old wooden floor got our attention. I peeked out of one eye at my wife, who continued to keep her eyes shut. Walter, was that you? Gloria continued to question. Another creak echoed from the wooden floorboards, but this time longer and louder. Walter, my name is Gloria. I want to know why you remain here in this house. Gloria waited for a response, but got none. Walter, are you here because of what happened to your wife? Our large chandelier above our table began to rock back and forth. At this point, everyone, even Gloria opened her eyes. Walter, I want you to know that what went on that night happened a very long time ago, she continued. These people have nothing to do with what happened. These are good people. The lights began to flicker. Walter, do you understand that? Without a response, Gloria continued. Walter, I want you to be free from this house. Your wife is no longer here. You are free to go. I was in shock. I looked at my wife, who no longer had her eyes shut. She was near tears. Walter? In the front room, the piercing sound of a television turning on grabbed all of our attention as it loudly switched from channel to channel. Do not break the circle. Leave it on, Gloria yelled to us. Gloria continued the ritual. Walter, I demand that you leave this house right now. You have no business being here any longer. The chandelier above rocked ferociously back and forth as stomping from upstairs filled the room. Ignore it, Gloria demanded. I stared at my wife in amazement and disbelief as she wept. Walter, she's gone. Your wife is gone. She cannot hurt you anymore. With that, silence. The chandelier stopped. The television flicked off. The stomping subsided. I looked at my wife and questioned. What do you know? What the hell happened in this house? Gloria finally opened her eyes and stared at me. There was a man who lived in this house named Walter Thompson. He was murdered by his wife. He had an affair and she was never able to forgive him. So she brutally killed him. What? I said out of confusion. Gloria let go of my hand and stood up from the table, breaking the circle. Honey, the circle! 
her husband Tom quickly exclaimed, but Gloria stood up and walked over to the window. Her name was Evelyn Thompson. She killed her husband. The chandelier began to lightly swing again. She did everything for her husband, but he was infatuated with the woman living next door. Gloria's husband tried stopping her. Gloria, please come back to the circle. He didn't realize all that she did for him. Again, Gloria's husband spoke. Damn it, Gloria, get back to the table. The table began to shake uncontrollably. Gloria turned around and stared with dead eyes at her husband. Her face was changed. Isn't that right, Walter? Gloria ran over to her husband and grabbed him and started choking him by the throat. His face grew blue as he begged the best he could. My wife screamed. I jumped from the table and ran over to Gloria. I pulled at her until she let go of her husband, who dropped lifelessly to the floor. She made me! Gloria screamed. She's here! She she made me break the circle! Gloria looked at her husband's cold body. My God, what have I done? She weeped. I tried to make sense of everything. I grabbed onto Gloria and held her as she cried. I looked around. Sarah! I called for my wife, still sitting at the table. Baby, come here! My wife stared at me. Are you okay, Sarah? I cried out to her. She stood up. Her movements were stiff. Sarah, honey, we need help over here. What's wrong with you? She looked at me with dead eyes. She spoke in a demonic voice. Nothing, Walter. Thanks for listening. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcast, please take a minute to leave a review. Your review directly helps the podcast grow and allows me to continue coming out with the best horror stories on the internet. Thank you so much.